Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. My name is Paul Isles Rush. I'm Ken Moss. And I'm Simon Exton. That's right, Simon's back. We've got another episode with Simon. And this time, Ken, it's your choice. So what are we talking about tonight? Cancel culture. Yes, I've wheeled out the big guns. Now, this this week, another one's been rolled out. It's Noel Clark. Now, this is where you two, I know, will uh, you'll be sort of better versed talking about it than I will, really. But I have got why? Because you just go on about this a lot. You 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 have uh, cancel cultured several people for our other podcast, the Extremos Experiment, because they've come out with stuff, and I've tried to pick through the bones of uh, of why these people are now no longer suitable to be let out in. Um, polite, society. polite society. That was what. <laughs> but Noel Clark this week, he's been accused. Coincidentally, at the precise same time as he's won a BAFTA fellowship and won a couple of awards, because he's he has been working. Uh, really, I think he's driven a lot of his own career, hasn't he, Noel Clark? He seems to have produced his way up the ladder until he's been accepted as an actor. I think we're treading on slightly, slightly thin ice on the the reason why Noel. I was going to say Noel Coward. Then. No, no, <laughs> Noel Coward is fine. We, we like Noel. No, Noel Clark has been cancelled. Is because he allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly this is where we're going. But yeah, bullied and sexually harassed a lot of people throughout his career. But. And obviously, it's all allegations, and you know you don't know whether it's going to be true or not. But he has come out and said he's sorry, a very vague. I'm sorry if what I've done has offended mm. people, kind of thing. But he's also said that he's going to engage in self education to make things better. Yes, but the one of the things that he is said to have done is asked girls to audition naked. You know, for when, you know mm. when he's been yeah. casting for things, he's he's asked them to audition naked to. To, to show how vulnerable they can be and stuff like that. And he hasn't denied that that's, yeah. that's true. And there's been a lot of stories confirming that. But that's it, never okay. Well, <laughs> actually, if it's a part that requires the actress to be naked on camera or on stage, then, yeah, it, it is okay to ask that. Because if you're not prepared to do it in an audition, you're not going to be prepared to do it in... Yeah, that's true. It, it's a bit like the... Um, Oh, there was a, a black actress recently who tried to, who was sacked because she was employed to play a lesbian character and then said that it was against her Christian beliefs yeah. to play the character mm, yeah. as lesbian. And she tried to appeal the fact that she was sacked and that wasn't upheld because she knew what the character was um, and the fact that it was a bit, this was a big part of the character beforehand. Now, I don't know the details of the, the Noel Clark thing, but... If part of the role is to be naked, either on screen or on stage, I don't see it as unreasonable to ask that at an audition. If it isn't part of the role, then yes, it isn't something you should ask. But if it is, then it's a, a measure of how comfortable that actress is with their own nudity. And if they're not comfortable getting naked in front of a casting director, 
then how are they going to be comfortable getting naked in front of an audience? Yeah, that's true. And it goes back to, we don't know the circumstances of it. And it is quite possible, as you say, that they were auditioning for a role that involved nudity. So, but going back to the uh, cancel culture thing, it's a difficult thing, isn't it? Because it's very easy to say, oh, someone said something or someone's done something that offends me. So therefore, I don't want anything to do with them anymore. Yeah, and um, to an extent, that's sort of personal. I've no problem with anybody that says, you know, I don't like working with that particular actor or director. That is absolutely nothing new. My problem, and it's really with the, the Noel Clark thing, he's not been convicted of anything, but immediately without any firm convictions whatsoever his career is now within days in tatters yeah the, the the itv show that he was in was it unforgiven or, or Un- we were watching it as well i can't remember <laughs> it wasn't great but they they <laughs> they, they, they pulled the last episode yeah, he'd been on every so. night of the week and they pulled the last episode which the decision makers at bafta and the decision makers at um at ITV going to do that if it's just a he said, she said spat. That's it. They, uh, and um, I think the whole thing, particularly with the BAFTA, is that the Guardian article that this all has, has all come about, BAFTA sort of said, we didn't know anything about this before we gave him his was it like, like, like fellowship. fellowship or, yeah. yeah. But then it's turned out that they said, actually, we had received several messages about it before we gave him the award. But they were all anonymous messages. Mm. And now this Guardian article has come out. But as, as you both say, it's an article based on people. And it, it, there's a lot of different people saying very similar things. It sort of makes you think, well, there's no smoke without fire. But there's also, he's come out and said, if I did something that was wrong, I'm sorry about it. And I'll try, you know, I'll try and put things right. I'll try and make things right. So are we are we saying, well, it doesn't matter. You should, your career should be dead. I, I've just got a, uh, um, quite a problem with the fact that I can't remember how it started. Was it was it just one newspaper article and then it sort of dominoed effect? But I know that all of a sudden 20 people all of a sudden within a matter of days. Yeah, The Guardian put together an article which involved stories from, I, th- I think it was about 20. Right, 20 yeah. People. To me, it just seems very convenient, the timing, with the BAFTA Awards and everything. And he's been producing and acting so long, and particularly with something like Doctor Who. Now, if somebody is a bit of a prima donna or they're awkward on set... It does tend to sort of filter out. And, mm. you know, somebody's, somebody on Twitter today has said, you know, well, I've heard that one of the female staff wasn't happy. So she was moved to a different job within the BBC. Why wasn't he moved? Well, he was one of the lead fucking characters, sweetheart. <laughs> it's a tad difficult. But if he was that awkward, surely that would have been flagged up somewhere or it would have leaked out by now. I mean, bear in mind that it's 15 years in the past now. And skeletons in Doctor Who are, they have a habit of surfacing. I mean, the, the other thing is that as a director, there's always been a school of direction that involves challenging your actors. And Kubrick did this, Polanski did this. There's a push against it at the moment because some of the actors have ended up with some fairly significant mental health problems afterwards. Mm. 
But if these are accusations going back a number of years, then it may be that it was that school of direction. So you've got um, things like Shelley Duval in the, the Shining. I don't think she ever really worked again because there were such psychological problems yeah. as a result of the direction that she was put through. And at the time, that was seen as perfectly reasonable. It may be that there are elements of this that were directorial decisions. I haven't looked into it. I, I don't know anything about the specifics. I'm just saying that without knowing those specifics, there are potential explanations for some behaviours. Mm. Yeah, and it's weird because out of the out of the three of us, I consider myself to be the uh, the most allowing, and I I was the guy who immediately jumped in and sort of said, "No, he should be cancelled." And and now you're you're absolutely right. And when we're we're thinking about cancel culture, there's the thing things like Noel Clark, and he's he's still really young, and he's well proven as a producer, director, and actor. He's got a long way to go, but he's not going to have a career. No, he's because finished. of what's out. He's 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 completely cancelled. But then you get people, and I don't want to go down the Rowling route because that's something for for another episode. But but I, th- I think that she the deserves point is, to be cancelled. Yeah. And I agree completely. And I think the point about her and the point about um, Graham Linehan is that they have been very public about their opinions and people are choosing to distance themselves from those opinions, which have been very publicly stated. Yeah, it's not just conjecture or allegation. It's not accusation. Mm. It is these are things that these people have put pen pen to paper to. And both of those are writers, so they know the power of of the written word. They have put pen to paper, they have put their name to their opinions. And if you don't agree with those opinions, I don't see a problem with not wanting to support their work, no matter how technically good you think their work may be. But as you say, we're not talking about Rowling, we're not talking about Linehan. No, but they're examples of cancel culture where people have been cancelled with my air commas that no one can, <laughs> no one can see for, for good reason. Whereas that's a, it's a different thing from ending someone's career based on what people have said. And, and like I did at the very beginning of this, just took what someone had said and was like, oh, well, it's disgusting that he yeah. should never work again. My personal problem with this is that it's far, far too easy to end somebody's career without any proof whatsoever any corroboration, any convictions. Convictions really is the word. If a group of people get together and then they decide they want to end somebody, looking from the outside in, I could be completely wrong, but it looks like there are an awful lot of bandwagon hoppers. I could be completely wrong, but looking from the outside in, some of the people that have come forward now, there was a... Um, this is nothing to do with the fact that he is gay, but there was a, a, <laughs> there was a gay actor he, he, uh, the other day. He said, oh, uh, well, Noel Clark, he sexually molested me. And, and, uh, well, yeah. and then if you read back into it, he was actually fired from a production that Noel Clark had been producing or something, either because of his behavior or something. That smacked to me of somebody that was disgruntled and thought, good chance to get back. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, he, he might have done it. But, yeah. yeah. And homophobia is an easy thing to hide behind. Yep. It is, but Noel Clark, what was his first major television role? Metrosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> it was about the gayest thing I've ever seen. 
Yeah, I, I have real trouble believing that Noel Clark is homophobic. I haven't really seen interviews with him since he was on Doctor Who, but he didn't come across as homophobic in, in those interviews. And considering the fan base and the production base, I don't really see how you can work in Doctor Who and be homophobic. No, no. Particularly since, um, again, it's Twitter. I really wish I could come off Twitter. <laughs> but this week, I've seen people piling on. Uh, there's been a, a Doctor Who spat this week. I have no idea what it's all about. But what, again? Again. Because they, they're, so, they're so rare. They're so rare. <laughs> Uh, somebody had oh, come I've out and that. said that, oh, John Barrowman, he's well known for uh, uh, Camille Cordury. He put his penis on Oh, that show. was going to be an episode. I was going to do an episode on John Barrowman's penis. <laughs> <laughs> you have never sounded so gay. <laughs> oh, do I, I have going to, to do an episode on John Barrowman's <laughs> penis? <laughs> oh, they're not good things. We're still going to do it. <laughs> so, yes, um... Uh, all of that aside, I, my bottom line on, on this episode is basically, I just think it's a little bit too easy to shred somebody's entire career with allegations like this without a single iota of proof. Yes, I, I agree. And I, I mean, you start off the episode by saying that I was more invested in cancel culture than you are. Yeah, on our podcast, there are writers that I've said we will not be covering. But that's not because of unproven allegations. That's because of things that they have out and out said and proved and there is documented evidence. The other thing and the thing that we haven't addressed is that the biggest proponent of cancel culture at the moment is Lawrence Fox. <laughs> the, the whole thing about Lawrence Fox saying that he is being cancelled. Firstly, of any candidate in the London mayoral elections, he gets by far the most coverage, despite being the lowest polling. So you can't be cancelled and be centre of attention at the same time. The second thing is people not wanting to listen to you because you're a dick and you come out with arsehole opinions is not cancel culture. It's people voting with their feet. And there's a very big difference between the two. I saw um, a thing where on Twitter, someone said, the best thing that can come out of this week is when Count Binface <laughs> be beats Lauren Fox and then reveals himself to be Billy Piper. Oh, that would be wonderful. That would be and. Actually, interviews with Billy Piper, it's the sort of thing I can imagine her doing. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I'm afraid Lawrence Fox hasn't really, he's not really on my radar. I know he's sort of the whole, uh, he's not reflected. But he's another one of those actors turned politicians, and you think it's just, it's not a good move. You, you've managed to <laughs> no. stuff up two careers in but he one is go. He's so there. embarrassing as any kind of politician. Yeah. That whole thing where he was videoed in a pub saying, you want me to wear a mask, fuck off. You want me to get a vaccine, fuck off. All, all of this. What the hell kind of politician is that? <laughs> and what did he actually do as a, an actor? Bear in mind, he comes from the Fox dynasty. His father and his uncle were absolute world-class actors. His cousin is a superb actress. His cousin, fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fantastic Mr. Fox, the actress. So, transgender news there. <laughs> but he, he's, not, he's not a good actor. Okay, he's in... Lewis. He, he's in Lewis. And he's supposed to play a fairly fucked up and distant character. And he manages the distant because he can't act very well. Um, and he is supported by how good an actor Kevin Watley is. Yeah. 
he 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 was a terrible actor, and now he's a terrible failed politician. <laughs> Bless him. So, uh, Cancelled. So, I was going to say, dare I ask, feather or not, this is a serious topic. If I'm, I'm going to come in first on this. Go Personally great. speaking, I think that this is worth a five because uh, what the points that you two have made about people that have come out and made statements or had opinions that they have made those statements in public and then been cancelled. None of the examples that you give me particularly bother me. I just think they are opinions that primarily Twitter disagrees with and then this is ramped up and made into a huge thing and, and then they are. But they've started on Twitter. Everything, all the, the people that you've mentioned, Graham Linehan, uh, J.K. Rowling, who is the other one, Lawrence Fox, all their statements have started on Twitter and um, then... J.K. Rowling's wrote a, th- a several thousand word essay on her own website supporting her opinion. So no, it's not... No, but it's not the original... The original catalyst for it was a tweet. Yeah, but but sometimes it takes a little chink in the armour to realise that you've got an absolute rotten egg on the inside. No, I'm I'm not. What you've said about somebody said something directly and then people have decided. Mm. If that's the decision, then that, that's fine. My problem comes from people who they've done something you know uh i can say it anonymously and uh, i know that i'm i can say whatever i like i can make an allegation finish that person's career i'm still anonymous they're not without any proof or convictions yeah. it's the, it's the yeah. no smoke without fire allegations i know but it's like we said about the royal family in another podcast <laughs> they said that you know not going to tell you who it was when it was what they actually said or who it is but they said it. So immediately, everybody's guilty. It doesn't matter whether it actually happened or not. People say, there's no smoke without fire, you know. So it might not even have happened. The so you think the royal family are subject to cancel culture? Different podcasts we are. <laughs> but, but you're talking yeah. about, but you are no, no, talking no, 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 about no. cancel culture and you're bringing up the royal family. So therefore, no. you are postulating a correlation. I am not. Uh, or we shouldn't be talking about it on this episode. <laughs> what I am saying is that it's far too easy. What you're saying is rule Britannia. What I'm saying is it's far too easy say. to point the finger from the safety of anonymity, shred somebody's career, and there might not be a single shred of proof in there or accuracy, but they're finished anyway. There's no real coming back for this from for Noel Clark. Whether yeah. he's actually guilty or not, there's no way back from this. He is finished, whether he's guilty or not. And none of us know yet. The end. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> Simon? Um, I agree, it's a five. We've slightly made light of it in this podcast because that's the theme of your podcast. Um, but I think I do think that this is a big issue. I do agree with Ken that... The no smoke without fire mentality should not really be allowed to dictate people's careers, and yet it is. Yeah, I I think this is an important issue, and I would rate it as a five. I'm also going to rate it as a five. I started this episode by saying exactly what you've said. There's no smoke without fire, and I was ready to cancel Noel Clark, and I'm ready to to stand corrected. (laughs) And there are people who deserve to be cancelled. We've mentioned their names. Uh, We won't talk about them again. (laughs) We will talk about them again, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, 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 it's it's an important thing because, as you say, people's careers and lives can be ruined by this. Yes, 
So to round us off, I'm going to go for Screaming Queens. My recommendation on the theme is an episode of Black Mirror. It's the first episode of the third series, and it's called Nosedive. It's about a world where everybody gets on by being rated in likes. And this uh, young girl's entire life crumbles because of one incident that is taken wildly out of context, but because everybody dislikes her, that ripples out her popularity because it's on display uh, on this app or whatever that floats above your head. Everybody looks at her and thinks, well, if that many people don't like her, I'll dislike her as well. And it just entire world collapses based on everybody else's opinion rather than anything she's really done. It's all about popularity and somebody being destroyed by other people. That sounds like every time you put something on Facebook. Yes, it does indeed, yes. <laughs> Is it Louis Theroux did a really good book about that, um, The Butterfly Effect? Oh. He interviews a number of people who have put daft things on social media and it's just gone absolutely viral and wrecked their life. It's ages since I've read it, but it's an extremely good book. No, it might be a John Ronson. <laughs> Actually, I think, it, I think it's a John Ronson. I'm not 100% certain that The Butterfly Effect is the title, Um, but it's a really, really good book. We'll park that there. (laughs) But it's a very good book. Well, that's it. Thanks, guys. Thank you for educating me. I feel truly humbled. (laughs) Uh, We'll be back next week with another Nine Bob No. Thank you and good night. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.